So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. All right, I got a great review here on Rebus University on the Five Alive course. Comment, I love the Five Alive course. Chantel Ray's ideas were far better than anyone else's I have ever heard. So simple, but yet effective. Congrats to Pat and Chantel for this wonderful tool I can now utilize in my real estate business. That was Yamila Pastor. Thank you, Yamila. You rock. The future, not even the, futureofrealestatetraining.com. Go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and get this course and all the courses for just $7. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we got a great returning guest. Hey, man, this has been a while. I'm glad this guy has finally, finally come back. He was episode 250, must have been special because that's a special number, 250. Matter of fact, that was what he used to weigh. Now he weighs <laughs> a lot less. We'll talk about that as well. But episode 250, now we are you know, well into pushing close to 800. And uh, so it's been a long time, man. And uh, Michael Hellickson, I really am glad that you took time out of your busy day to come back on the show. Thank you, sir. Well, it's, it's one of those things where when Pat Hyben calls, you answer the freaking call. And when Pat says, hey, I want you on my show, you say, when? How do, what do I got to do? And you cancel whatever you got to cancel to make it happen. So I appreciate you having me on. Oh, man. Why don't you tell everybody about yourself, Michael, so they can get to know you better? Well, so uh, I sold real estate for just over 20 years, uh, ran the number one team in the country for a long time. We were very consistently listing and selling over 100 homes a month, had at one point in time 750 listings in active and pending status. And yeah, I mean, we did a ton of business. Now I'm, I'm fortunate that uh, I get to be one of the coaches at Club Wealth, which is a coaching and consulting company for real estate agents. And uh, we all, well, I should say real estate agents and brokers. And of course, we have programs for administrative team members and buyer agents and listing agents and all that as well. But uh, now I get to do that full time. And uh, I love it. It's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, before I made a great living before, but now I feel like I'm, I'm building something more important than making a living. You know what I mean? It feels like I'm able to leave a legacy. I'm able to help other people kind of get beyond well like yeah you can see the sign back here to my uh, over my shoulder here it says no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home and you know i looked at the industry back uh you know about 2011 to 2015 i really started doing a lot of soul searching and figuring out you know what i wanted to do when i grew up and i started looking around at my friends in the industry and i realized oh my gosh 
there's a lot of people that just, they're married to the business and it, the business is chewing through relationships and marriages and all this stuff. And I thought, man, we got to help people make more money, but have a life and be able to really take care of their families and be able to do it all in a way that's ethical and that is in harmony with their morals and values and goals. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how Club Wealth was born. That's awesome. I love it. And, and tell me why you named it Club Wealth. You certainly could have named it Real Estate Coaching or something like that. Talk to me about that. Well, it's funny. A lot, a lot of people think it's about making more money. And, you know, we were talking on the profits piece about it's not just it's not about just making money. It's about keeping more of what you make. And, you know, so it's not club gross. It's not let me go out and <laughs> be number one. Right? It's club gross. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that's love, the problem, right? Ego, right? That, exactly. No, you nailed it, right? Because that's what happens. You get a lot of people in the industry, and, and not to poke fun at anybody or, or put anybody down or anything like that, but the fact of the matter is a lot of times it's very easy to get caught up in that hamster wheel of, I got to be number one, I got to be number one, and, and being number one really doesn't matter. What matters is, are you building wealth? Are you building a legacy? Are you helping other people? Are you accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish? And and, and in doing so, how much you make is less important than how much you keep. And then what you do with how much you keep also becomes very, very important. So, no, yeah. dude, I love that. I mean, I, um, I used to have a question on here and I don't ask it enough, but it's, it's called LTI. If my friend uh, Tim Rode came up with the term LTI, which is left to invest. So a lot of people, uh-huh. you know, they'll, they'll come up with their gross, then they'll come up with their net of what they earned. And then the question after the net, let's say you earned 500 and you netted a buck 50. Then the question is, did you spend all that 150 on your personal expenses or how much of that is left to invest in something? That's your LTI. So if your LTI is 50 K, then that's your LTI. You know what I mean? So, so anyways, does that make sense? It makes total sense. It's interesting you put it in those terms. So you talk about left to invest. So our, we have a wealth creation coach at club wealth. His name is Doug holiday. And we was we were at an event yesterday, just uh, having this very same conversation. Uh, and Doug, so we we operate off the seventy thirty rule. I don't know if you've ever read the book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clausen. Of course, yeah, yeah, amazing book, right? And so we really believe in the principles that are taught in the book, particularly the seventy thirty rule. Now, Doug would tell you because I always say it's the seventy thirty rule, right? You live on seventy percent, and then the other thirty, there's ten percent goes to you know tithing or charitable contribution. 10% for investing and 10% goes into savings. Doug would tell you, and, and rightfully so, and I, I have to give him credit for this. He says, no, 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 Michael. Stop telling people it's the 70-30 rule. It's the 30-70 rule because it shouldn't be left to invest. What it should be is first I invest, right? For, because yeah, of course, yeah. it's to keep, right? So it should be first I take the 30% out and you know, I put the 10 toward investing and the 10 toward charity and the 10 toward my savings. And then I can spend the other 70. Yeah, the problem is most agents don't have that much, right? There's, there's yeah. not that much juice, you know, to squeeze out of the, uh, out of the. Out of well, and it's, it, and the question is why, right? Why is there not enough juice? And really it comes down to what am I spending the 70 on it? And it's, I'll give you an example. People give me a hard time because I always, I've, I'm, I'm always very vocal about, I think that it's, if you can't afford to pay cash for it, you shouldn't be driving it, Right. And so people give me a hard time because they're like, oh, in real estate, I've got to have a Mercedes or I've got to have a BMW or I got to have some kind of a nice car. I think, you know, I was the number one team leader in the country. Our team was number one in the country. I was listing 50 to 75 houses a month 
I'm on my own, not even counting REO, not counting any of the team. And I was driving a 1998 Toyota 4Runner with 200,000 miles. So you're calling BS on the, on the idea that uh, you need a nice car to win the listing appointment. Because I think that's where agents start going down a slippery slope. They get that Beamer because they know that the, the person will see it parked in the driveway and then they'll determine to pick them on the listing appointment uh, based on the car. Or, or you know what I mean? They'll be insecure if the other guy pulls up in a Benz and they pull up in a Dodge Dart. So, so, so how? Answer that question. How did you beat other agents driving Beamers? I just didn't think about it. I just never, it never, you know, I it just never was a thought in my mind that the car you that you drive is responsible for your success. Um, you know, it's funny. The guy that I chased for a long time, a guy in my market that that was consistently beating me for the longest time. He was hitting twenty to uh, twenty-five to thirty-five listings a month, very consistently, and I was getting frustrated. I'm like, how? His name was John Schlombush, great agent, smart guy, hard worker, and I'm thinking, how's this guy beating me? How's this guy beating me? And finally. Uh, I had a listing that was going to expire. I, was, I knew I was going to lose the listing unless I did something drastic. So I called John up and I said, hey, John, why don't you come out and, uh, and why don't you co-list this thing with me? Let's just split it. I'll set the appointment up. You can come out. All you got to do is you know, convince him to stay, get the price right, and we'll get it sold. And uh, so he came out. Well, he pulls up in what to me at the time was a really nice car. It was a brand new Honda Accord. And I'm thinking to myself, now, nowadays I look back at that and I'm thinking, brother was driving a Honda Accord. He was the top agent in, in a large area in our market. Uh, he was by far the top guy for a long, long time, and he's driving a Honda Accord. And what I learned in that moment was, it doesn't matter what your car is. What matters is it needs to be clean and presentable. That matters. But as long as it's clean and presentable, I've literally, I've had people come out, and, you know, and, and very rarely do they ever see your car, first of all, but I've had several people come out and say, God, you know what? I got to tell you, I, I really respect you for driving a Toyota 4Runner because that tells me that you're, you're conscious about your money, which means, means that you'll probably be conscious about my money too. Yeah, that's a good point. What about where else? Let's go. Let's go down this road a little bit. Um, where else do you see agents spending money where they should actually be adding it to their LTI? How about every freaking shiny object out there? You know, it's, oh my gosh, I, I, I've got to have this new CRM or I got to have this new whatever. And I, I mean, I've seen agents that have two, three, four different CRMs and aren't using any of them appropriately. Uh, you know, or they, they see whatever the new lead source is, they got to buy it. And they, what they do is they buy this lead source and they think it's going to solve all their problems. And then they don't do anything. And then they go buy another lead source. They haven't even dialed in the first one yet. Uh, you know, so really that's like in coaching, we tell people, if you're a client of ours, we don't want you to spend more than 250 bucks on your business without running it by your coach first, because chances are we need to get, we need to get the gold out of what we already have before we go add anything else. Um, and that's so common. Agents love to write checks to solve problems and, and more often they love than it. not, it's, e it's easy money. Like, so specifically, what is a, an economical solution to a CRM that you like? Well, there's, there's actually several. It really depends on a lot of other factors, right? The CRM question is huge. It has to do with what other technologies you're using. Most importantly, it has to do with where are you in your business, right? So we break it into tiers where there's seven tiers in real estate. 
Tier one is zero to 25 transactions a year. Tier two is 25 to 75. Tier three is 75 to 150. Uh, tier four is 150 to 250. Tier five is 250 to 500. Tier six is 500 to 1,000. And tier seven is 1,000 and higher. <laughs> and that's transactions per year. All right, guys, why waste thousands of dollars and countless hours on training that never touches on what matters most? How to make more money in real estate. For just $7, you can start a one-week trial at Rebus University today. And what that means is $13,000 worth of real estate courses on how to make more commissions will be available to you for a dollar a day. It's all you can eat. Go in there and take them all if you can. Only seven bucks. To start your seven-day all-access free trial, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. These courses are guaranteed to get you more listings, more leads, and more commissions. Futureofrealestatetraining.com or just text the word TRIAL to 444-999. That's T-R-I-A-L to 444-999. So what I would use as a tier one agent is vastly different than what I would use as a tier four or five agent. Okay. So what, what would you use as a tier one agent? There's a lot of great, if, as a tier one agent, I just need the basics, right? I need something that I can put my contacts in, something that I'm going to be able to set a next follow-up date uh, so that I never drop the ball on a client or a, or a lead. Uh, I would like to have some automated drip campaigns, which they all have now. Uh, and so all, basically all of the basic functions you need exist in virtually every CRM out there. So now it's just a matter of price and ease of use. Uh, and so what are some CRMs that are great for a newer agent? You've got uh, Wise Agent, Brandon Wise's company, right? Great product. You've got Lion Desk, another great product. Uh, you know, there's a, it's not really a CRM, but another tool that we really like is listings to leads uh, for 25 bucks a month, probably the best 25 bucks a month you can spend uh, in terms of technology. But then as you grow bigger, right, let's say you get into tier three, uh, you know, even high tier two, you're probably looking at more complex or more robust uh, solutions. You might be looking at a FirePoint, which I really like. I think FirePoint's actually, that's one of my very favorites right now. You've got uh, Commissions Inc. Uh, is very robust. If you're really, really technologically savvy, now you got to be pretty tech savvy to use Sync because it's deep. It's uh, if you're not real tech savvy, it's you know I'd say just go with FirePoint. Boomtown's another one that's that's good for folks that are fairly tech savvy. But there's there's a lot of them out there. Now, a lot now of- you're moving up as you're mentioning these. It seems to yeah. me like you're you're definitely ascending, guys. So the ones he said yep. towards the end. He's ascending up to tier two, three, and four. That's right. Um, do you have one that you like for tier seven? Yeah, I do. And I, I, I'm, in, I'm nervous about saying it because so many people will be like, oh, well, I want to have that now, even though I'm not in tier seven. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, I mean, that's a really, that's a real danger. It's one of the big challenges people have is they, they buy things ahead of where they are. Mm. Uh, you got to be really, really careful about that. Mm. So that being said, if you were legitimately a tier I'd say a tier six even. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 500 units, 750 units. If you're doing over 500 units a year, I think that it would be worth your time to look into Infusionsoft. You know, it does a lot of things that you don't need as a real estate agent, 
but it is so robust and it's so customizable um, and it's it's more expensive it's not as bad as Salesforce which Salesforce is a lot more expensive but I use Infusionsoft and uh, it it's it's capable of really being intuitive and making sure that you are sending the right people the right things at the right time. Now that won't be enough at that point. You'll still, because it's not real estate specific. Uh, yeah. It's really designed for internet marketers. So you would still need, you know, your website solution and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things I'd say really quick there, Pat, is that I think people really need to understand about CRMs, especially if you have a team, it has to be easy to, to, to teach your team how to use it. It's got to be easy for them to use and you cannot be switching all the time because you will lose people in the process. Mm. And I don't just mean clients, you'll lose agents in the process. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I appreciate you sharing that specifically. Let's jump to something you said earlier that I thought was funny. You said that where agents make a lot of mistakes and buying shiny objects and just doing things in their personal life is they actually are instead of looking at what things actually cost dollar for dollar, they they need to start looking at it as what it would cost as if they earned it as a real estate commission, not only that, but if they have a team, if they earned it as a, 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 from the top line of the team. So explain what you said about this. Well, I'll give you an example. Like tonight's, today's my anniversary, right? My, my wife's and my anniversary. So I'm going to take her out for dinner tonight, right? So if I want to go spend $100, and I'm just going to use 100 because it's an easy number. But if I, just, if I want to go spend $100 on dinner to take Tara out for dinner, I have to earn my company top line revenue. We have to earn $366 for me to be able to go spend $100 on dinner with my wife. And people don't really look at it in, that, in terms of that. And, but when you really look at it with those goggles on, you understand that you know, by the time I pay all the overhead, by the time I pay taxes, by the time I, you know, all of the numbers settle out, it's literally a three and a half X or greater multiplier that I've got to earn to go spend that $1. Yeah. Yep. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it that way. You're like, mm, huh, that does. It's not because we, we tend to go dollar for dollar in our mind. We tend to say, oh, it's a hundred bucks. I can earn a hundred bucks, but it's really not like that. No, um, it's not. And you know, you think about what we are talking about on profits, you know, the two biggest things that you can do to make a greater profit are you spend less and avoid tax. Now, there's a difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion, right? We don't want to right. evade taxes. But there's certainly legal ways to avoid certain amounts of tax. And, yeah, and that, oh my gosh, and it's funny that people look for the cheapest accountant. No, like you need to find the guy that's, or the person yeah. that's going to leave you. Accountants and lawyers, I've, I've never had any problem paying lots of money to, you know? <laughs> never, ever, ever. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So what else are agents out there doing today? And I want to bring this to modern day, right? Because teams are changing, dude. Like teams are changing. Things are changing. Technologies are changing. So I want to know what you see is a smart move to do or what you believe a smart move is to do in team building today that wasn't smart five years ago or that, you know what I mean? I mean, like what's new and different about team building that we need to be aware of? Uh, I would say first and foremost, it's go big, right? I mean, you really have to go big with teams nowadays. Uh, you know, having a five to 10 or 12 person team is, is not nearly as, it, it's not nearly as profitable. It's not nearly as easy as having a 40 person team, for example. See, when you've got, 
let's say, say you've got 15 people on your team and five people decide that they're going to leave and they take, you know, the, the, the five people leave and they take their, some clients with them. That's pretty hard on your business, right? That, that has a big impact on your bottom line. You got to be a jerk for five people to leave in one day. I mean, no, I, I get no, not at all. I mean, there's, and, here, and I'll tell you people, I, I've got a client that just uh, this last week uh, had three people. He's got 17 on his team, had three people on his team leave this last week. And he's I guess not they kind of unionize a, a little bit. That's exactly what happens. What happens is you don't realize that these people are talking behind the scenes and you get that one person that's cancerous poisons the other ones. And if you don't catch it in time, that poison spreads. And so you end up losing groups of people at a time. Now, there's a lot of things that we do to kind of help with that and to kind of avoid that. You know, like we rotate people through different squad leaders on the team so that they've got relationships with a lot of different people on the team. Uh, that certainly helps. But size really matters on teams. You really need to have a bigger team. And, and, and why is it that so many people in speaking to this, like size, and it's crazy. Like I just was looking at the Keller Williams number and, you, you know, they were teamed. The, win, the top teams, expansion teams, were like $18 million in GCI. And there was a time, you know, when I had a team and I was big in the game, I mean, $5 million GCI was pretty much about as much as you were going to do. I mean, that was a lot, you know, five to seven. Now it's like 18. And it's all because expansion, right? Because you can, you can stretch your fingers so much farther now. Not that you couldn't before, but the mindset is the record has been scratched. People's minds are to expanding, you, you know. So what do you do? Like, how do you make sure you stay profitable during this massive growth if you're going to go big? Well, that's, that is the million dollar question, literally. Uh, and really, here's what it comes down to. For, there's, you got to recruit, you've got to retain, and you've got to revive, right? So you got to recruit and, you know, recruit, hire, and train new people. You've got to retain the people that you have, and you've got to get the people that you've had for a while, get their production back up, get them more excited about being in the business and being successful in the business. And I'll tell you that there's two things that I, well, actually, no, there's more than that. Let's, so number one, you've got to have recruiting on autopilot. You have to have systems in place that create automatic recruiting on a regular basis. So you're always feeding the front end of that pipeline or the top of that funnel. Next, you've got to have really, really good training on a very, very, very consistent basis. And then you also have to develop a wicked strong culture on your team. Uh, and it's interesting because more often than not, people that leave don't leave because of money. You know, it's not that they are greedy or they want to make more money or have a better opportunity somewhere else. It's almost always because of culture. And uh, there's some things that you can do, some very, very simple, consistent things you can do to really have a big impact on culture. And again, it's not foolproof, right? You can have the best culture in the world and you're still going to have people leave. Um, but that training component is the big key here, right? So if I want to recruit at a high level, I want to bring a lot of people into my team, but I want to remain profitable during the process, I have to make sure that we're consistently training and that we're holding them accountable at a high level. If that's not happening, you will lose money as you grow. You'll take steps backwards every time you try and take steps forward. The good news is that that will catch up and eventually you'll be able to take those steps forward. Um, and then the, third, the final thing that I would mention that I think is really important in that process is you've got to top grade. And what that means is you've got to inspect what you expect, right? You've got to look at what are the people that are on the team doing? What are the expectations? Are they meeting or exceeding the expectations or are they underperforming? If they're underperforming, can that be fixed? 
can I help them to perform at the level of expectation that we've set for the team? If the answer is no, then I'm going to come back to a, a Bill Marriott when he taught, when his son took over the business. Bill said he wrote a letter to Bill Jr. and and, and he gave him 17. Uh, I think it was 17. Might have been more now, but it was, he gave him a checklist of items. He said these are the things that are most important. One of those items was when you have someone who is incapable of performing in, a, in the position they're in, you find a position that they can perform in or terminate now. And that was really good advice. And I look at that in terms of the agents on your team. If they're not good at being an agent, you either, you know, if they're not a great buyer agent, would they make a great listing agent? If they're not a great listing agent, would they make a great ISA? If they're not a great ISA, is there a different position on the team that they would fit well in? And if the answer is no, you got to get rid of them. And it cannot be emotional. And it's not that you don't like them. It's not even that you don't love them. You might love them a ton. But at the end of the day, you're running a business, not a charity. And you have to make sure to protect everybody else on the team. You have to make sure that the team's profitable. Plenty of people make a decent living selling real estate, but how many manage to make millions to become a millionaire? Imagine how much more profitable your business would be if you had the chance to learn from someone who actually made their millions selling real estate. Rebus University instructors know what it takes to build a highly successful, highly lucrative real estate business because they've done exactly that. These self-made real estate millionaires spent years in the trenches identifying exactly what works in today's markets. And that's exactly what they teach. Right now, we're running a seven-day trial on Rebus University's all-access package. For just $7, you can get access to every course. Every millionaire real estate instructor, there's over 40 of them. 40 millionaire real estate instructors that Rebus University has to offer. You have access to all of them. To start your seven-day free trial for only seven bucks, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com or text TRIAL, T-R-I-A-L, to 444-999. That's TRIAL to 444-999. And that's great advice. So, you know, and that leads to this question because a lot of, and I see this dude, we're at like 800 episodes. I got all the, if you have a big team, you've probably been on the show. So a lot of the big teams, when the agent removes themselves from production, their profit sucks. Like literally, like a lot of these teams, you know, they might make, let's say $3 million in GCI after cost of goods sold and after expenses or whatever, they're left with 800. And then the agent's production is 800. So it's like, dude, you might as well be on your, on your own with a bunch of virtual assistants. It doesn't make any logical sense. And then the agent removes himself from production and then end up paying a split or whatever. And then the, it, the profit drops down even more, let's say from 800 to 300. And then they're at a 10% profit and a 90% expense rate. So what do you do about that? Or is your recommendation, Michael, that all big team agents should stay in production if they want to be rich? 
No, I don't prefer that. In fact, if you've ever read Robert Kiyosaki's The Cash Flow Quadrant, you know, my goal is to help people get into the B and eventually the I quadrant, right? And so if I had, uh, let me just draw this out so people can see this. Are they, are are they going to be able to see me on camera? Yeah, yeah, about about 7 or 8% of our, our, our listeners are watching us on uh, iTunes video or on uh, YouTube, but the majority of them are audio. Audio only. Well, let's take a look at this then, and I'll I'll just describe it. Basically, he's just showing the the Robert Kiyosaki's thing. Well, I I don't want to just sit here and talk about Kiyosaki. So what I want to talk about is, is what specifically do you recommend for agents percentage-wise if they're not in production? You should be, so in production, you should be at between 32 and 38% profit margin with your team. If you're out of production, you're probably going to be between 25 and 32%. Okay. So out of product, and your recommendation is agents get out of production. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why we do that. That's one of the big reasons why I would ever want to build a team. You know, it's because I want to be able to not trade time for dollars, but trade ideas for dollars. I want to be working on the business, not in the business. And I know these things sound cliche, but they're really true. Uh, And so I want to build, that's the difference between being self-employed and building a business, right? If I'm self-employed, I'm trading time for dollars. I'm on the hamster wheel. And then then the agent might say to you, well, Michael, what am I going to do with my time? Oh, there's plenty to do with your time. Then you grow, you, you, you devote your time to other things that mean something to you. Maybe it's a charitable cause that you're passionate about. Uh, it could be a lot of things. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that if let's I'm- say I wanna work on, Let's say I want to work on my team, right? Like, okay. like you, you don't, you, you know, I think a, a, such a huge fear of agents is that the minute that they get out of production is the minute their agents start screwing it up, right? They don't mind the agent screwing up the leads that they buy from Zillow and Realtor.com. But when it comes to screwing up their sister-in-law's house or a neighbor of theirs house, it, it, everything changes. So, so I think naturally they're going, it's going to force them to get back into being at the office, being more hands-on, training more. And I'm afraid that some of them, if they do this, may do the wrong thing. So I'm looking for some advice from you as to exactly what they need to do to you know what I mean? Rather than a cliche like, oh, volunteer. You know what I mean? Well, Just what, what, what's exactly they need to start doing? They need to, they need to invest in developing leadership on the team. So what they really need to be doing is they need to be training the leaders on the team. They need to spend time, effort, and energy developing those people into the very, very best leaders they can be. And, and that will trickle down. If you're doing it right, it will trickle down to everybody on the team. If I've got 100 people on my team, I can't possibly give enough time to each of those 100 people. There's not enough bandwidth in the world for me to be able to do that. That being said, if I invest in the leaders on the team and I help them learn the right habits and all the skills that they need, then they will be able to invest time on the pe- with the people on the team and they will be training up the leaders that are going to come up from behind them. So it's if, if it's, yeah, that's if I, awesome advice. They should they should be they should be sitting down. They should be lunch having a lunch with every leader. They should be they should be sitting down talking about it. You know, ha- getting the leaders to emulate them, right? So that you know, and and you focus on your leaders, and they'll focus on your people. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's kind of like Southwest Airlines, right? They figure, hey, if we invest in our employees and we and they love the company, then the, then the clients will love the company. So if I look at leadership on the team, let's say I've got squad leaders, right? And each of these squad leaders might have anywhere from four to eight, maybe as many as ten, but usually four to eight agents that they're responsible for. And so let's say we do our team meeting once a week. I'm also going to do a squad leader meeting just before that that team leader meeting, or excuse me, just before that team meeting. Uh, and during that squad leader meeting, it's just me and the squad leaders, and we're talking about what's important to them. And, we're, and then I'm also doing specific training for them during that meeting. So every single week, they're getting me, one, you know, you know at, a, at a high level, helping them to understand how do they take it to the next level. And what's the best system you would recommend? Not a technology system, but a, a training system, an accountability system that you've seen or that you recommend to your people that are building teams for brand new agents. Like, like some people put them through a 90 day boot camp, right? And other people just, you know, throw them out to the wolves and say, go not door knock, uh, you know, a hundred doors and then come back when you're done. What, what do you recommend? Well, first the, the basics are you've got to have a daily huddle. You've got to have a team meeting once at least every other week, if not every week, and you've got to have call nights at least once a week. And then you've also got to have team events, just like you would with client events. You want to have team events at least once a quarter. Um, so those are some those are some things that not only help with training but with culture also. As part of your team meetings, there should be serious training involved in those. Now, if I've got a new agent that comes onto the team, the last thing I want to do is stick them in a ninety day boot camp that now they're stuck and for 90 days they can't go out and sell houses, they're going to go broke. I got to get them successful right away. They've got to taste success right away so that they're excited about what they're doing. Now, that being said, I, don't, I also don't love just throw them to the wolves. There's a couple of schools of thought here. You, a lot of people are having success with, I'm going to start them off as an ISA. They're going to be an ISA for four to six months and then they become a buyer agent uh, or maybe they become a showing assistant and then, the, then a buyer agent. There's lots of ways you can do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, what I would recommend is have a very short course you know, that you follow, a very short onboarding process that gets them the basics, right? Here's the leads we have coming in. Here's how you handle those leads. Here's what you say. Here's the scripting. Here's the, how you close that lead. And, and just have it be enough to where they can start setting some appointments and then get them on the phone. I want those people on that phone no matter what in the first two weeks. And they got to be pounding it hard within the first two weeks. If it's taking longer than that for them to get on the phone and be able to start setting appointments, they are not, they're, they're going to lose their enthusiasm for doing this. And they're going to get in the habit of not doing those activities they need to do on a daily basis that lead to success. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love it, dude. Uh, very, very good. So what do you see as the um, biggest mistake that people are doing now in building teams because it's it's almost like it's very much an ego type of thing where I think uh, building teams you know what I mean and and certainly I've had plenty of people that come on there like you know I'm number like it kind of goes back to what you said I'm number one yet at the end of the day they've got a tax lien on their house right That's so right so what advice do you have for starting out what not to do where you see people are screwing up well, first of all, don't think you're building a team because you want to be number one. 
Yeah, that's that's the wrong reason to build a team. Uh, if you want to build a team, it's great if you know. There's a lot of great reasons to build a team. There's no one right answer. That being said, you know, examples of great reasons to build a team are: I want to build a business that you know that I can operate as a business, and it's and I if I don't show up for a week, it's I'm still making money. I can go on vacation, and I'm not married, you know, married to my phone. Those types of things, um, or it could be. I want to help other people reach their dreams, right? And, you know, understanding that if I help enough people get what they want, I'll get what I want. That said, you asked, what's the number one mistake that I think people make when building teams? And I'll tell you, one of the things that I think is a huge mistake is management versus leadership. Too many team leaders are managers, not leaders. And there's a huge difference. Management is, you're going to do this because I say you're going to do this. And if you want to be here, you're going to have to do this. Leadership is, let me show you what's possible and let me find ways to help you. You know, I'll remove roadblocks for you. I'll do whatever I can to help you be successful. But you're going to want to do it because you've got all the support, the team, the training, the systems, all these things that we provide. And you've got people that care about you that don't have to. And so there's a huge difference between leadership and management. So I'd say focus on leadership. And when you really, truly understand leadership and you really, truly care about your people, will you still lose people? Yes, you'll still lose people. But you will develop a culture that will last a lifetime on your team as long as you continue to cultivate it. I love it. And, and do you recommend that every agent out there move towards building a team or do you think there's space there for you know, individual agents? Uh, well, there, you forgot the third group. The, the third group is people that are going to be on a team but not be the one building a team. Yeah, I mean, like Gary Keller has made a statement that, you know, in the future, you're either going to have a team or you're going to be on a team. Uh, do you I agree? say that all the time. You agree with that? Yeah. 100%. I agree. Yes. Why? I, why? Uh, now, now, let me say this. There will still be mom and pop agents out there that do four transactions a year with their girlfriends or their, their you know, their buddies at work or whatever. Um, and, the, you know, those people will exist. But when we talk about full-time agents that are, that are relying on this income to support their families, there will be two primary groups and it will be very, very distinct. You'll have people building teams, you'll have people that are on teams. Uh, and it's already getting to be more and more the norm that when you come into the business, you don't come in and just try and start off on your own. Join a freaking team. You're going to shorten that learning curve. You're going to make more money faster. You may not stay on a team for the rest of your career, but you're certainly going to be better off if the first couple of years you're on a team and, and, and really accelerating that learning curve as well as the cash conversion cycle, right? This is, when I come into business, I got to make money if I'm going to stay in it. Unless I want to be one of the 87% of agents that get out every two years, well, then guess what? I've got to be very aggressive about what I do in my first two years. That's great, man. That's great. All right. So let's wrap this up with your uh, free gift uh, that you brought today. Tell, tell me about your free gift there, Michael. Uh, really, we're just we, we're talking about teams. Uh, we're talking about the Club Wealth Team Overview. So uh, you know, download that uh, Team Overview. Uh, you know, there's a there's a blog post if you guys want to go there as well. You can see the video of, of of me teaching essentially how we structure teams, why we structure them, the way we structure them. Um, and again, there's never one right answer, but there are some very consistent similarities from successful team to successful team. Um, and really what we're just trying to do is help kind of explain that and make it easy for you, whether you're on a team or considering being on a team, because you're going to want to be able to look at the teams that you're considering and ask yourself, okay, is this the right team for me? Or if you're thinking about building a team, 
what model should I go with? What makes the most sense for me in terms of, you know, like Napoleon Hill says, you got to begin with the end in mind. So we're just trying to help you see that end so that you can decide, well, I want it to look like this at the end or this at the end, and then we'll show you the roadmap on how to get there. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that was Stephen Covey, but uh, Napoleon Hill probably said it too. But I think um, Stephen Covey <laughs> Napoleon Hill. Probably. Creativity is the ability to hide the source. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love that. I've never heard that before, and I got to tell you, I'm going to completely steal that, and I'm going to hide the source. So it sounds like me. <laughs> there you go. No, I stole it from uh, Floyd Wickman, so you can have. Oh, it. that's funny. Um, There's a guy that's been around the block a few times. <laughs> he's, he's done a thing or two. He's in still the at it too, man. Yeah, he's still at yeah. it. Hey, so, um, all right, cool. So, guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this uh, on, uh, you know, Club Wealth number two. So it's hybendigital.com backslash Club Wealth, and then the number two since this is the second time on the show, hybendigital.com backslash club wealth number two. I'm going to put all of Michael's contact information, his website. I'm going to put a direct link to this blog uh, video that he's talking about. I'm going to put a, a download of the team's overview. It's a four page document. So if you're thinking about building a team or you're going to build a team uh, or you have a team, you should definitely print it out and, and get this download. I'm also going to put it in the agent success toolbox, which can be found on hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or you can simply text the word toolbox to 444-999. Michael, listen, you're welcome back anytime, man. You're always a wealth of knowledge, and it's always so much fun talking with people that get it on such a high level. So thanks so much, and congratulations, by the way. Tell everybody about your weight loss, dude. Like, like, Like in like 10 days, you lost 100 pounds, right? Well, it was a little, it was, it was a little longer than that. It was about three months, but uh, I, I cheated. Well, and I say I cheated. I went and had uh, gastric uh, sleeve surgery. Uh, you know, I watched a couple of people very close to me go through the same operation, and it was life changing for them. And I'd been having, uh, I'd been having chest pains, and realizing that, you know, hey, I'm not getting any younger, and I certainly don't want to have a heart attack. And I was significantly overweight, and uh, so I went from 274 down to about 200 pounds in just over three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the surgery, it was, it's been life changing for me. And, and I'm, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but I know a lot of people and a lot of people have approached me since saying, hey, I went through that or I've been thinking about doing that. Or, and, and I got to tell you that for the right, you know, if, if, if the situation is right for you, it can be life changing for whoever's watching. Yeah, um, my sister-in-law did it. And, uh, and also uh, a good friend of mine, Dan Grieb. Uh, yep. did it who's been on the show several times big keller williams agent out of uh, tampa and and he highly recommends it so hey you know it's uh you look great man thanks uh, congratulations and uh let's stay in touch sounds good pat seriously thank you so much for having me on today i appreciate it thank you so much for tuning in the real estate rock stars if this free content is giving you a ton of value I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, If you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, 
and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show and I'd love to see you there and it's free people ask me all the time where am I on social media I'm real easy to find just type in my name my IG is I am Pat Hyben it is blowing up on Instagram adding tons of subscribers and I'm on there probably twice a day so definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else thanks again for listening and keep rocking This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.